0: It has been over a week since we recorded this, and I have been busy and haven't had a chance to edit. So that's The Apology. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Pastor Potluck after a about a month-ish hiatus. Yeesh. I'm, I'm Court Green, and with me today is Yeesh, Peter Constansion. And we are here once again. And today we have, maybe it's sad news, maybe you're delighted to hear it. But some news about the show and the future—is it a show or a cast? What is it? A pod? An episode? Is it whatever this thing is we do? We it's are a podcast. We're, we're, whatever it is is changing. Yes, and it's changing because life does that sometimes. Uh, Peter is going to be having some life changes. I don't want to scare anyone or get anyone overly excited. I know nothing about his medical situations. It's nothing like that that I know of. And, you know, he's not dying. I'm not having any medical issues. He's not having any medical issues. I assume that means he's he's not having any children either. Um, Not yet. So I don't want anyone to jump to conclusions, but uh, Peter's got some changes coming up in his career. He's going to be traveling some, and so... There's this unknown, which is wonderful because that's what we're going to be talking about later today, but there's this unknown surrounding the future of the show, and it's going to be changing, and what it's going to be changing into, we don't know yet, that's why I called it an unknown, but um, we wanted to come out of the gate and say that, Um, and also, if you're listening and you're up for it, I might be looking for a co-host pretty soon. Pray and, for
1: Pastor Potluck.
0: Yes, and so we'll we'll see what happens. yeah, you know, th- That was Peter just getting a little bit uh, in the arrogant. What? And saying, you know, you must pray because if I'm not here to hold down the fort, then it's, no, it's all going to no, go. No, no,
1: no, no. I believe that the Spirit will work to, all right. bring, well, anyway. to bring this show to what it needs to be.
0: If it is intended to be, then it will be.
1: All right, so today we are... Well, I feel like... I could actually share some of that. Well, stuff I didn't of want just leave I, didn't wanna, in I didn't want to
0: <laughs> speak out of turn. I don't know how much you're comfortable sharing okay. with a general audience. I,
1: I'm comfortable. At this point things are pretty much locked in. So Okay. I am stepping down from my appointment. I've been serving Longs and Crusoe for four years now. And I can't believe it's been that long. It's, I feel I know. like you just got here. It's flown by. And it's weird to me because I've been serving these churches longer than I was in seminary, which I did beforehand, which felt like, like forever. Yeah. I mean, anyway, so I'm stepping down from my appointment. I love Longs and Crusoe churches that we've had a great time together and I, uh, I just need to step away from leading the churches for a while for a little bit anyway. So I, Emily and I are going to do some traveling. Mm -hmm. When we get back, we love Haywood County. We're planning to stay in Haywood County. Uh, I'll be serving at least half of my time with Haywood Hospice and Palliative Care. So if you're really dying to see me, I'm dying to see you. Just kidding. I mean, is that a hospice joke? (laughs) That's horrible. Oh, my (laughs) God. (laughs) I'm not even going to edit that out. That's so bad. (laughs) Anyway, no, no, I, I'm excited to be in, in in chaplaincy. I think I've missed being on a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's being solo pastor. It's uh, you know, it's not. I was excited about it when I started off because I was like, good. I don't want a boss. God's my only boss. But That's cute. It's nice to have like people on the team, you know. So yeah. I missed that. So I'm I'm going back to a setting where where I will have team teammates and doing something that's similar to being a pastor in some ways and And
0: certainly still a ministry
1: yeah definitely a ministry yeah well uh i
0: i feel like if there is going to i don't want to get a you know pretend like i can see the future i intend for there to be a future for the podcast but and if there is i feel like you won't be a stranger to it going forward and we'll get you in as into the mix as much as we can Definitely. All right, so that was the announcement, but we are going to do a show today as well. So um, should we just jump right to it, or Let's should jump we talk it. about it? This is in the lectionary. The lectionary reading for this week comes from John 17. Well, it is John 17, 1 through 11, which says, After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me I have given to them, and they have received them, and know in truth that I came from you. So that they may be one, as we are one. Thus ends the dreadfully confusing reading.
1: It, it does feel like uh, this speech from Jesus is trying to say a lot in a very small amount of space. Mm-hmm. And then it ends up feeling like it's not saying anything in a very long amount of space. Sounds like he's a preacher. <laughs>
0: yeah. it, because, but I'm, I say that for a reason I was, I was thinking about this while I was reading it when mm. I read that line let me pull it up on the old faithful Macintosh uh, there's this one line where he talks about what he says the words that he okay verse 8 mm. for the words that you gave to me I have given to them mm. and isn't that what we try to do and yeah, so that, I, mean, I was like man this is like a preacher and then you just said what you said trying to say too much in too little space and you end up saying nothing.
1: That's, and, that's very preacher like. taking a long time to say it. Yeah, I mean, we all pray for that when we get into the pulpit. Like, you I know, wouldn't say
0: we all do that.
1: We all occasionally pray that. Yeah, so, I, some preachers occasionally pray. Those humble enough to know that it's not about them. That. Here at Pastor Paul, we eat our own. Yeah, that God's word would be made known through us, even in spite of us. Yes. Even in spite of what we have to say. And, uh,. There's certainly plenty of sermons that I've preached where I'm like, God, I hope you've got a message for people.
0: So we, I mean, I don't want to belabor too much the fact that this is confusing, but what do we do with all this confusion? I mean, it,
1: should John have just tossed it? Well, I don't know. I think in John, Jesus does have quite a quite a few speeches. And I feel like there's, there's probably some really... Specific reasons that we may never know about why exactly John crafted the gospel in this way? Well, I think he traps himself a lot. Go more, say more.
0: Because he is the only gospel of the four hmm. that has such an emphasis on pre existence. Mm-hmm. And you can certainly hear that here. And,
1: and foreknowledge. Yeah. And like Jesus is uh, sort of. <laughs> omnipotence and yeah um, Jesus'
0: feet are like at our eyebrows you know yeah. everyone else is on the ground he's not and so a lot of times he has to explain in the gospel hmm. this high Christology mm-hmm. is the theological expression of all that stuff we just said and so you get some of this rambling kind of stuff
1: the classic example for for me of this in John John's gospel is when Jesus says something like I didn't say this for your sake because I already yeah. know you yeah but this I said for their sake so they would know that know that you are Lord or whatever you know it's just like it's like it's supposed to be a parenthetical hmm but it's just like woven right into his speech
0: well there's something that's very similar in verse nine that we read here I am asking on their behalf I am not asking on behalf of the world
1: it's like let me just be really clear yeah, yeah, yeah. that this is about such and such mm-hmm well, and so that's, that's, it's so interesting and fascinating to me because I feel like out of any of the gospels, John actually maintains a lot of, uh, mystery. Like yeah. there's a lot of mystery, uh, about Jesus and about what Jesus's, uh, message was that that gets carried through in the Gospel of John and yet we find passages like these where he's trying to be very clear and very specific, almost trying to explain the mystery of ways. So like how do we, how do you deal with that, that sort of like the balance that John is striking between what can be known and what, what needs to be clarified and what is just mystery?
0: I think the way you deal with it is you realize that Jesus, according to John, may have been this pre-existing superhuman, barely even human. But John wasn't. Hmm. And the author is doing the author's best human attempt hmm. at trying to explain things that are beyond even his understanding. Yeah. And that's even if we assume that John was there, which right. I don't think. But plenty of people do. Yeah, you know?
1: it's, a, it's at least possible that, yeah. that John was a very young disciple of Jesus. And the one he loved. The one he loved, how he's referred to in this passage, and that whichever community uh, he he ended up living in wrote this book down based on his eyewitness accounts. Yeah, I think it's I think it's reasonably possible. I think it's enough has been enough research has has been uh, published on on the differences between this writing and the writing of. Uh, The letters from John and the the, epistles, and the epistles from John and the Revelation of John of Patmos, that to make to make us to make me convince to convince me that they're different. Those are different authors.
0: I I think that now. How do you break it down? You do all three sections, all three categories are totally different authors.
1: Uh, Actually, honestly, haven't studied it that much. I just (laughs) I just think that it's that Revelation and the Gospel are are separate authors.
0: Okay, so I think it doesn't matter but just in case anyone wonders what I think uh, right now and I've shifted and I may shift again but right now I feel like just based on linguistics yeah the letters first and second they very well could have been written by John of Patmos Mm -hmm. but I, I don't think they would have been written by the gospel writers yeah anyway so that was my attempt getting back on topic at explaining the question, why, you know, why is it written this way? And that's because Jesus may be superhuman, but John's not. Yeah. And the author is doing the author's best to describe in Jesus' words yeah. things that we can't really know.
1: Yeah. But that doesn't answer the question, what do we do with this? Right, I think we need to dive into it. I, but I, but I, take, I take your point, and like when I preach John, I try to remind people that anywhere that I'm preaching from John, like, we need to remember chapter one of John, who John believes that Jesus is, because that will frame and I- color our understanding of what we read. Halagos. He is the Word. Yeah. The Word made flesh. Like, that high Christology of the one who existed before existence, like, is here in physical form, like, made known to us. Halagos
0: ton theon. That phrase is over and over again.
1: Yeah. In the first chapter. Yeah. And so, like, that is the Jesus that we are encountering here through John's eyes. And so I think it's always helpful to, like, keep that in context. Like, we are talking about the incarnate word of God. And so if it doesn't make sense to you, just think about, like, if God's literal word and command to the earth and to... Becomes a person. Becomes a person. Like, that's what we're talking about here. So, uh, okay. So let's get into what he's saying. This is chapter 17. Yep. This is in a longer. Uh, this is an excerpt from a much longer speech. Uh, his sort well, of. Well, it's a prayer. It's a yeah. He's 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 making. He's trying to get his disciples ready for his departure. hmm Right. And in, in here, he's he's mostly addressing God the Father. Is that, right? it,
0: it says it in verse one. Father, mm-hmm. the
1: hours come. Glorify
0: your Son. And so it, it reads like it's a prayer, but it, it's obviously. An open letter, I guess you could say, to God. And I'm not saying that that Jesus, as John represents it here, was not actually in prayer, mm-hmm. but it's 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 obviously a meant to be publicly seen prayer.
1: Yeah. So I don't know how 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 line by line you want to go with this, but one, one I really th- don't. Okay, we may
0: have to take. Several lines, because and look at idea by idea.
1: Well, let me jump to verse four, then, which stood out to me when you were reading it just now. This translation says, "I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest to me to do. Gave us me to do." All the Bibles in my office, and you picked up King James. I yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, but th- th- it stuck out to me because uh, I think I in my you know as my appointment is drawing to a close i'm feeling like have i glorified god you know in, in, in the work and and here jesus says this is how i glorified you on earth i finished the work that you gave me to do it's hard to like walk away from anything that i do and feel like it's totally finished
0: i think that's where the mystery begins mm. not only well you all in john you always have the mystery of how how god and how human is jesus Mm -hmm. but in this pericope you have this question of how do you define finishing a job for an eternal god yeah if god is eternal and the work of god is eternal how can we ever be finished Mm. and if we can never be finished how can we sleep at night (laughs) for real yeah, why, I mean, if, if
1: why should we sleep if we should just keep working?
0: Not just ministers, but the faithful. Yeah. The world over, when their heads hit their pillows, if they have pillows, mm-hmm. how, how do you not ask yourself, or maybe it's just me and my crazy nature, did I do enough?
1: Yeah. It's what more book. could I have done? So many people, so many people wrestle with that. I yeah. wrestle with it all the time. Did I Did I do enough? Did I accomplish enough? Did I love enough? Yeah do I care enough? Yeah uh, I think actually I've noticed that uh, many human beings that I love and care about either spend a lot of either spend a lot of time wondering about whether they do enough, are enough or have accomplished enough uh, or, some some other human beings that I love dearly, spend a lot of time thinking about: Am I too much?
0: Am, See, I, uh, am I
1: too overwhelming? Am I too loud? Am I too emotional? Am I too this or that? And so people reject me. And so it's so funny that like we, we end up falling in, in to one of these categories, or sometimes we spend a lot of time flip flopping back and forth. Yeah,
0: we are people of extremes.
1: And. And, and neither one is true about us. I mean, I, I think on a theological level, the truth that God is trying to communicate to us, especially if we feel like we're not enough or we're too much, mm-hmm. is that you are beloved. Why? You, you, because you are made in my image. Bingo.
0: Because I created you. Yeah. I wouldn't have done that if I didn't love you.
1: And And part of like, and we should be talking about John and not... Genesis, but I always end up going back. Mm-hmm. Is that the the trick that people fall for in the in that story of the garden is is believing that they're not enough, is believing that there's something more that they need to be in order to be like God when God made them to be like God. To, to so be, when you
0: like, say the trick that people fall for, you're not necessarily talking about us, but you are too. You're really t- people, Adam and Eve in that story, mm-hmm. and in a way, we still fall for it. Yeah, every day.
1: Yeah, they prefigure our everyday activities. We fall for this idea that if we just did a little bit more, or if we were capable or more powerful, that we would just be, you know, that that would be better. Uh, And so I really love this verse, actually, because, like, we can look at Jesus' life and his crucifixion and his death, and we can say he did not accomplish everything that he needed to accomplish.
0: No, because he
1: did not right all the wrongs, and he did not
0: overthrow Rome.
1: He yeah, he and he did not not purge evil from the world. Yes. He did not establish the kingdom in its fullness. And yet he seems to think that he did finish the work that he gave that that God gave him to do. Because of the work of the cross? Or because of his ministry, or what? Well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, this is mystery to me, but I think that there's a way in which what Jesus did uh, in his earthly ministry and with his crucifixion, death and resurrection, did finish and accomplish the work that he was sent to do, even if the uh, that work will continue after him and not actually complete until some later date. It's like that, I think it's John, I think it's isaiah fifty five that says, my word does not return void, but just like the water, or the rain waters the earth, and and does not return to me without um, helping the grass to grow and, and and providing bread to the eater or whatever like that. So shall my word be. So shall my word be. So the the idea is like that that the that the Son of God is like rain mm-hmm. on grass. It like God sends God's word, and it's just a like it's going to accomplish what it's set forth to do so in some mysterious way jesus uh life ministry crucifixion death and resurrection has accomplished everything that god sent christ into the world to accomplish even if like we haven't seen the grass become green yet because yeah but the rain has already fallen yeah so that was its job that was its job yeah. And we're still sort of like... And I think we are. I think we're still lear- learning and living into what Christ is accomplishing.
0: I think the question then becomes a psychological one. Mm. Like, how can we get... How can we be Christ-like like that? Mm. And how can we get to the point, or do we need to, mm. where we can be comfortable with the fact that we gave it our best shot? Um, and that, that sounds like you're quitting. Mm. And so I don't know that I'm even comfortable with using that phrase... But clearly Jesus was. Mm. So at what point do we say, not that that our role is over because we did like one thing, Mm. but at what point can we be satisfied that we're satisfying Mm. the call of God on all of our lives? Mm. And I think that far too often I'm seeing ministers who wrestle with that question so much that they work until they retire and then they're dead in a year Hmm. and it's not because it's not because they lived a short life it's because they never stopped working yeah because they never got to that point where they were like well i've accomplished Hmm. what god called me to do and i've been as i've been thinking about this because i get emails from cbf you know we mourn the loss of such and such who Retired a year and a half ago, and now is dead. Um, they're much more tactful with the way they say it. Yeah, but that's the message. But though. my the, the message I get is I don't want to be like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm I'm a human that lives in the world, and so I, what's the next thing I do? Mm-hmm. I check my retirement account balance to make sure I'm not going to be like that. But I think it's really a question, not a question of did they have enough money to retire. I think it's a question of were they satisfied. Hmm. with the work that they did and I can't answer for any of them but I'm starting to think maybe more and more of us aren't because we're not allowing ourselves to be
1: yeah let me suggest this some of the work that Jesus accomplished was in the letting go and the and the and the giving over and we see that in this passage to the disciples the ones he's praying over uh huh um who, who are going to found and continue this thing called the church. And I have noticed that e- even in, this, in these f- last few weeks, as I have tried to um, prepare my church for transition, that uh, there are things that like, I was never good at mm-hmm. <laughs> as a pastor. And, and I can be completely honest about that now along with the things that I was good at. And I can say, here are some things that like, are, that make a church function really well. Here's some of the things that I did that I was really good at. And here's some of the things that I, I did but I wasn't really good at. And now we're having this opportunity where church members are saying, well, we can do that. Well, yeah. why can't we do that? Why, you know?" And the, the answer is, you, you always could. And you probably could have done it better than I did, right? But until I until I step down, like, we don't see that. And, mm-hmm. and uh, with the Methodist church anyway, it's the pastor steps down and then there's one Sunday off and the next pastor's in. Uh, but I feel like that in-between time. The is, one Sunday? The one Sunday. Okay. We've crammed it down. For Jesus, it was 40 days, right? Yeah. Stay and remain in Jerusalem. For 40 days until you receive the Holy Spirit. Well, in that window of time, the people who had followed Jesus had to figure out, like, can we keep this thing going? Mm-hmm. Like, And the answer was, wait wait for the Holy Spirit. But but the answer was yes. Like, you are the way that this continues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think I do kind of, like, uh, feel a sense of... I, I do feel sad and saddened by by folks who can't let go and uh, and for that reason are not able to see how other people stepping into roles that they vacate is is itself an accomplishment
0: and the uh the Johannine equivalent would be you know you've seen me do this but the one that's coming after me mm. who is Will empower you to do a paraclete. I think is the word that's used. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll enable you to do all these things. And they probably still didn't see it as good news. Hmm. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't the have. Yeah. They wanted
1: the rabbi back. Yeah.
0: But for him to come, I must get out of the way. It was almost like John the Baptist did for him; he does for the Holy Spirit. But yeah. I wouldn't have saw it yeah. had I been there. I would have thought the same thing. Oh, woe is me the one I depended on is is leaving. Hmm. And so anyway, he's trying to prepare them. He feels a sense that he's accomplished what he was sent here to do. Also, he's been crucified, buried, and resurrected. So like, it's pretty obvious that he can't just keep doing the same thing he used to do. Hmm. Um, Well, and that brings me to another thing. Maybe, maybe that's, maybe we need to learn to see the writing on the wall in some cases. like, if I am no longer able to do what I thought I could, then maybe it's not that I failed, it's that that's not what's supposed to happen. Right. You know, the risen Jesus can't go back to speaking in the synagogues and hanging out with the disciples or the apostles because, I mean, he's about to ascend. Right. He's so on, he's on a different work. They can get mad about it all they want, yeah. it's happening. And so maybe. What the heck is that? That would be the steam whistle, which is driving home my point w- in a wonderful way. Some changes are just pushed upon you, and you got to roll with them.
1: <laughs> Boom. Listen to that steam it's whistle. W- it's way louder here than it is uh, at my house, but I can still hear Well, your
0: house is several miles from here, and you can see it from here. You know? um, wow. If you're not from Canton, we have a mill yeah. for... Another, Less than a month,
1: another few weeks. Yeah. I think the, June, I, I read
0: today that they've moved that up to the sixth. They're and shutting
1: down. I th- what I heard from a, a church member who w- works in the mill is that they're shutting down number nineteen machine on the twenty fourth of May or twenty sixth of May, that, something around there. Yeah, so, which is one of the big paper machines.
0: And and they're running. They're essentially they they've brought their last chip delivery in like the big trucks that they put on the elevators and dump them out while the truck's still attached to the trailer. It's mm. pretty awesome to watch. But that the mill that has been here since 1908 is going to be gone. And that was the steam whistle that you heard and mm. probably have heard before in mm. on this recording. But it's it's a big blow to this town. We hate it, but it's happening. Yeah. And we can sit around all day and, and say, you know, woe is me, the mill is gone. Or woe is me, the mill is closing. Or did I do enough to stop the mill from closing? Which
1: or did the mill it, do enough for this community?
0: Well, well, when? You mean in the closing or throughout its existence?
1: Throughout its existence. I, I think they did a lot. Yeah.
0: Um, and because of that, it's a big blow. All right. So, I don't know. Do we I have feel had, have like, we had a show since the mill?
1: I don't know. I don't think we've talked about it. Yeah. Anyway. I, I feel like you're about to preach on this. I feel like you're about to dovetail this with the I am going Jesus to dovetail leaf. this. Yes.
0: Yeah. It's easy for us to sit around and bemoan the fact that it's closing, but it's really hard for us to embrace, not embrace like we like it, but to come to terms mm-hmm. with the fact that life is going to forever change. yeah, And that's the situation the disciples are in right here. Yeah, And so Jesus' ministry to them, even though, he, remember, he's still praying to the Father right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: His ministry to them is to try to get them to a place where they can keep going mm. without him. And, I mean, in a way, that's one of the things that our churches here are having to deal with. There's such a huge blow yeah. In such a huge perception of loss that it could just freeze us. Right. Um, and on the other hand, maybe our ministry to our people is to teach them that, not how, but that they can keep right. going and keep serving.
1: And and that they, they, they've always had that power. Of, yes. Right. Yes. Right. For our community. And this whatever
0: is, they have to offer, that's enough. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This is... So, uh, this whole, I'm not sure exactly the specific verse, but it's within this speech in John. Uh, and and th- there are elements of it here. Uh, one thing that a professor of mine called the double epiclesis. <laughs> so, That's the, fun. the epiclesis uh, is where we invoke the Holy Spirit in, mm-hmm. a, in the service. We ask the Holy Spirit to come down. Uh, so, the, the, this professor of mine. Uh, Bill Turner Reverend Dr. Bill Turner would say that this is a double epiclesis moment because Jesus says I am in the Father and the Father is in me and yet he is praying to the Father so there's this this double presence of there's this doubling of the presence of God because it's not so when we pray, we pray to God but now when we pray Jesus is also praying to God there's just like this multiplication factor that's going on and then,
0: and then they add the, the apostles as well in verse 10 all mine are yours and yours are mine and so we got to draw them in all right well, what's your point about the double Etus?
1: Just that there's a lot of power in this prayer okay it's a, it's a, there's a multiplication factor here that I do not know I cannot one c- times one ex- is one man. explain <laughs> <I don't understand. laughs> there's a lot of oneness here in fact that's probably one of the takeaways. Uh, which, which is where verse 11 goes. Uh, and now I am no, no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are.
0: And where the King James says keep, it is rendered in, in RSV,
1: protect. Protect, yeah. So there's this prayer for oneness. And I think... And I think if we want to connect it with, uh, for example, the end of my ministry or the, or the end of the mill, like the, my prayer for my congregation is that they would see that, that they have everything that they need in order to be the church in their community. Mm-hmm. That, yes, my presence with them was a good thing, and we did a lot of great stuff together, but they have the power to do it themselves. And for Canton... Like, yes, the mill was a defining feature of our community, but, but it has accomplished what it needed to accomplish for this. If, 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 it went, if and when it closes, like, it will have accomplished what it needed to accomplish for this community, which is it kept food on the table. It, like, put a lot of people through college. It was a unifying point. It, and it gave some sense of identity to this community. But the people who are here now, whose history and lives have been defined by that mill... Like, they are not less of a, of, of no one is less of a person because the mill closes. Like, they have, they have everything they need to make this community home and to maintain this place as the special community that it is. It, the mill, uh, yes, it has added economic value, but in terms of human dignity or mm-hmm. identity, like, this community has everything it needs to thrive. I believe that.
0: And just like having a one cohesive focal point mm-hmm. in town, be it your careers at the mill or the actual presence of the giant thing smack down in the middle of town, it, it unified people. And the loss of it can also be a unifying point. Mm. I mean, yes, it can be devastating, but it can also be unifying. Um, because when we see each other as more than just people who work at a mill or live in a mill town, we start to see our humanness. And we can unite around that. Yeah. Um, we can unite around being valued cre- creatures created by our creator, mm-hmm. which all of us share. And so I, I think there's opportunity for growth and, and unity to develop. I don't think that the mill was causing that to go away, but my hope is that in its absence, we will see that reason to be unified and find unity because of that. and Maybe it will be a catalyst hmm. for us not finding a new soul but rediscovering our soul yeah. without the shadow and haze because of smokestacks um, So, I have a, blinding I have us to that.
1: A, I have a question for you, Court. What's that? If we could categorize these verses, 1 through 11, and, and probably more than that, as a farewell speech, mm-hmm. what... What guidance do you draw from this passage, for, uh, for me or for anyone who would be stepping away from what has been the what has become the norm, at a time of necessary transition? Whether that's because of the closure of the mill or, or what, like, what, what, what? How is this a good example?
0: I think the last sentence mm. offers us that holy father. It calls out to God, asking for God's protection for those that are being quote unquote left behind that were given to you. In other words, God, you trusted me with these people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, almost like saying thank you without saying thank you for your trust in me, but asking for their protection and a future without the person praying. And then this gives a reason so that they may be one. And so we have the exit of someone asking our heavenly father to protect them, thanking God for God's trust in us, guiding them, and then reminding them that they're not scattered, that they are one, we are united. And I think that's a beautiful way for anyone. That's almost uh, what Paul prays as he's saying goodbye to, I want to say it was the Corinthian church hmm. uh, in 2 Corinthians. I may not be right about that. But um, he sees them and knows it's gonna, the last time it's, he's going to see them. And it's probably his best writing, in my opinion, mm. even though I'm only fairly sure that it's the Corinthian church. Um, and, no, it's in Acts that it's he says It's in Acts, done. so it's a, it,
1: Luke, Luke's writing, but it's... Yeah, about Paul. About Paul. Yeah.
0: but anyway, it, it, was it the Corinthian church? Or,
1: or Ephesians? I think Ephesians, I'm not sure though. I'm not sure exactly which...
0: Well, but anyway, it's, it's a farewell, but... The focus is not on oh man I'm going to be sad to, to leave. The yeah. focus is on uh, I trust God to protect you. I thank yeah. God for trusting me. Yeah. And I hope that you will be united because you can do this without me.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean some of the agony that we feel about a person in leadership leaving has a lot to do I think with like feeling that like we couldn't we can't do this without that said yeah. person. Yeah, right? and then
0: really, but that means the leader hadn't really done their job, which is this job, right? Well, preparing it, someone for their absence. Yeah,
1: and Paul. Paul. You know, I think he witnesses to his faith when he says, "Like, you're gonna be fine. Like, I know that I've been important for you." And and I and I think Paul has like a as a realistic self awareness. I think he 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 does boast about his own skills and ability, but um, but he's realistic about that. Well, he says you're gonna be fine because ultimately we're part of this Christian movement which is bigger than uh, than any one person and that's the reason why it, it persists to this day because leaders continuously uh, fall fail uh, die are corrupt disappear yeah uh, or or otherwise like step off the scene and the Holy Spirit is able to bring up new leaders and that's what keeps on happening and like for us to imagine that like for some reason the holy spirit just took a day off and like we need to be afraid that when we let go of power yeah that like it's all gonna fall apart that's that's pretty conceited (laughs) it is and not only that but if that's ever accurate
0: something falls apart because Someone left the seat of power, then it was never about the right thing in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, Paul's farewell in Act was
1: to the Ephesian church. Yes. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, okay, one more thing that another story in the Bible this reminds me of, besides Paul's uh, farewell speech to the Ephesians, is Jesus on the cross when he says to his mother, and that's also in John. And in John, I think yeah his mother and and the disciple, and the disciple john yeah. right he says here's your mother and he says to john here here's your mother and to his mother he says here's your son mm-hmm. so he's saying like you can still have these relationships <laughs> you know i need to be removed to some extent but like you're not alone like you have each other and that's where you're going to find your strength mm-hmm. that's my wish that's my wish for the church. For longs and crusoe i was going to say the church or those churches for my churches specifically yeah uh, that they'll see that they they have what they need
0: and you know
1: it's also our prayer that whoever's coming after you i don't know if you're allowed to say their names or not but so let's not um we've passed an announcement sunday so okay. we're looking forward to welcoming uh, reverend shane mcintosh and reverend sarah mcintosh okay who are a, spout, uh, a clergy couple. So which couple. one's going to be? Shane McIntosh will be at Longs and Crusoe. Okay. And, and then Sarah, Sarah will be at... be at Morningstar. Okay. Yeah. So. Weird world y'all live in, man. They're going to be great. I'm no, I'm, I'm
0: sure they will. I can't wait to meet them. Yeah. but And I think it's great the way it worked out. But um, I just don't understand, hey, I'll keep up with it all. Like, like every time I think right now, in some office somewhere, some district supervisor has got a giant list of names, and he's cutting them up and and pulling them out of a big fish tank.
1: Because
0: that has got to be what it comes down to, right? No,
1: it's a it's it's twelve of them in a
0: room <laughs> together. But anyway, that, that that's the Methodist cycle of itineracy. But yeah, um, anyway, I, I'm excited for them. So let's not let's not pretend that that there's not going to be um, excellent leadership in the, in the future. And um, that it's not like you're leaving them like completely sheep without a shepherd. Yeah. I was going to say unshepherded. So I'm glad you used that analogy too, uh, as, as they go into the future, because we look forward to whoever is coming to follow you. But um, in transition, there's always a bit of grief. Oh yeah. And it's not all about personalities and things like that. It's, you know, missed opportunities, on, on the pastor's side, um, potential missed opportunities on the church's side with that pastor mm-hmm. who is gone. And so those are things that they're going to go through. And whoever, uh, Shane and Sarah, when they I'm sure, are aware that they're going to be facing those kind of things at all three of these churches. And so, dear listeners, please do pray for them and also for Peter. And um, hopefully I won't be transitioning. But um, we'll We see. all
1: transition someday.
0: I mean, into you mean from this life to the
1: next? Or, <laughs> yeah, that's another hospice joke. <laughs> <Sorry>. Oh God! <laughs> Had to bring it closer. All right, ladies and gentlemen,
0: if you are going to die soon, or if you are going to need palliative care soon, and you know that, move.
1: Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. we here, no, I'm sure Peter will do fine, but. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he would go into a room making jokes about hospice. But no, 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 no. We'll I think
1: it's a very holy space, and I, I, you know, I'm really looking forward to the conversations that yeah. happen there.
0: I'm excited for you. I know that pastoral care is one of your strengths, and um, you have abilities to abilities to see into the human soul and to um, address the sufferings of others that I do not. I'm not saying I'm completely useless at it, but you're much better at it than I am, and so. I think you are going to do a very good job at that. But I will either miss you at Pastor Potluck or I'll miss Pastor Potluck as we go forward into that unknown future. And for that, with that, this has been Pastor Potluck. And I'm Peter Constansion. And Peter signing off.